Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me. My name is Suzanne O'Brien. I am a registered nurse that has worked most of my career with elders in hospice care, which is end-of-life care, and also in oncology, which is cancer care. And most of you know that I have been I just, you know, working on this movement with education and something called end-of-life doula, death doula training. Um, I have an organization company named Doula Givers, and we do a lot of free education and outreach all over the world, and we have trained doulas from all over the world. Um, this is a wonderful new profession that's taking the planet by storm and supporting people all over, and we are here to help do that in any way that we can. So one of the things that is really important right now is getting out the education to what an end-of-life doula is. and. This is why we have this podcast, Ask a Death Doula. We also have a YouTube channel, Ask a Death Doula. We will be answering all your questions from patients, from families, from people in the community. We'll be telling stories. I'll be interviewing doulas, interviewing families, interviewing experts that work in end of life. So it should be a wonderful educational forum, someplace safe that you can go on a weekly basis to ask questions um, because this can change everything for the better um, for end of life for your loved ones and friends and even ourselves. So thank you so much for joining Ask a Death Doula. Enjoy the episode. Just in general, you know, what are the numbers of elders that we have? What kind of support do we currently have to care for them? And what can we do to make this better? So thank you so much for this episode of Ask a Death Doula. We will be exploring the elder care doula movement. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Doula Giver's Elder Care Doula Training. We're going to do tonight's episode that will start shortly explaining the elder care doula movement, what an elder care doula is. Um, I'm going to be speaking mostly about the United States with the statistics that I'm going to share with you. We are in the midst of an elder um, population crisis, and it is palpable. Um, we're not nearly set up to care for our elders at this moment, and it's only going to continue to get a larger and larger number of people that are reaching um, over 65 years of age, and we don't, again, have a system that supports them properly right now or supports their family in how to care for them. It's very challenging, and like I said, it's only going to get that much more difficult when you look at the numbers. So we're going to go on a journey tonight talking about what is presently happening with our elder population and what the future is going to bring with elder care. And hopefully tonight we can talk about some solutions in order to support people in their senior years and also support their families and how to care for them. So welcome to the Elder Care Doula class. We are also doing a podcast tonight, which is going to um, be exciting and be on Ask a Death Doula, which is our free education forum. So this is going to be on there as well. And um, I'd like you to check that out at Ask a Death Doula, the podcast. We will be 
launching that probably the beginning of next week. Um, you'll hear about that. Hopefully you're on the email list. We'll send that out to you. And again, that's a weekly free education forum where you can um, send in your questions and we will answer anything related to end of life and elder care, which is really exciting. So let's get started. We have our elder care doula training tonight, and we're going to talk, we're going to start out with talking about some statistics and how we are presently in a very challenging space. Um, my background is a registered nurse, and I have worked most of my nursing career with the elder population being in hospice care, which is end-of-life care, and also oncology care, which is cancer care. And of course, I feel like when you're a nurse in general, you're working with a high elderly population because those are people that get sick, um, that enter the hospital. You know, obviously there's a mixture of people, but we have obviously a very large amount of elders that will need nursing care. And so I was always touched by the amount of elders that we um, were in contact with and also really how they were doing as far as what their circumstances were um, when we were discharging them from the hospital, where they were going to, what was the family structure like as far as did the family have a good understanding on how to care for their mom or dad and also what if they needed more support, where they could go. And, you know, all of these things that I'm talking about right now just continually fell short in my experiences. And I was, I don't know, I was just very um, unhappy with seeing the amount of people that were vulnerable. You know, the elder population is such a vulnerable population and really not having enough from a professional standpoint on how to support them and help them more than we were. So we had to really start to investigate what's going on with our elder population, what resources do we have for care for them, and, um, you know, is that enough? And so the bottom line here is that we need much, much more than, than we have available, and that's why when you take it out of a system, so to speak, and you bring it into the hands of people, the hands of a movement, you know, caring for people is a human skill. Yes, of course, if you're a doctor or you're somebody who's going to be doing diagnostic testing and then um, suggest things to, to do for that patient based on the diagnostic tests, the results of those tests, that's something way different. But when you care, when you support someone else, that's a human skill. And that is something that can be taught to anyone with the calling that wants to do it. And that's where the doula work comes in. Um, do I teach many things that are medical terminology in my end-of-life doula classes? For sure. But I, what I can't teach you is how to have compassion and kindness. I can suggest to be kind, as we all do. But you have to have that innate chip inside of you that wants to help someone and be um, of service. So that's something that all the doulas bring to the table. And I hope you on the call today and listening have that inside of you, and I'm sure you do. That's why you're here. So this is, again, a free introductory course and training to the elder care doula movement. So I said I was going to talk about statistics, and right now we have people from all over the world that take these trainings because, again, this is something that groups us all, you know, taking care of our elders 
taking care of people at end of life, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what socioeconomic status you are, no matter how many degrees of education you have, um, it touches each and every one of us. And really at the end, you know, at an end of life process, it really doesn't matter how much money you have or anything that you have achieved in those kind of things. What matters is, you know, who's there caring for you? And did you, you know, hopefully embrace life and live well that you can be accepting in the place that you are at this time. Um, and of course, as the body shuts down, we all go through very much the same way that the body starts to shut down, no matter, again, I use this example, if you're on a dirt floor in Zimbabwe or you're on um, a penthouse apartment in, in Manhattan, the body tends to shut down the same way. And we all need the same support and understanding as that body shutting down with what we can do for comfort and support for that person as they start to transition out of this world. So right now I'm going to talk about some statistics that are, again, specific to the United States, although talking to many people around the world, there are very much the same type of numbers as far as we have a very high elder population and we don't have enough support for them. So these alarming statistics are some that I pulled out for United States. 85% of people 65 and older will need some form of assistance at some point. So what does that mean? That means that if you are 65 or over, 85% of you will need some form of assistance at some point. So sometimes people need you know, somebody that maybe they fell and they had an operation and they need somebody to help them for a few weeks, get back on their feet. Maybe that's just a temporary situation. Maybe someone, um, you know, has a little bit of a physical decline as they age and they need somebody to come in a few times a week and check on them. Maybe it's somebody who is having mental decline and they need somebody to be with them all the time. So it just means that 85% will need some form of assistance if you're 65 or over. Now, people in the United States, the average length of age, okay, of lifespan is 79 years old. So if we think about that number of 65, that 85% over 65, and we're talking about the average age of life now, expectancy is 79. So you have a whole bunch of people that are going to fit in that, that 85%. And that just means the average age is 79. It does not mean that people don't live longer. And of course, some people live less, but we have a vast number of people that are going to fit into this um, needing of assistance. The number one fear of elderly is that they will go into a nursing home. Again, this is related to the United States statistics. And if you know anyone, um, you know, that is in that, range of needing possible placement. This is a really, really valid fear that the elderly have. And I feel like part of this is very much due to the fact that our nursing home system um, is far from adequate. And unfortunately, right now that you don't have a lot of options. So if you need to go somewhere and you need to be cared for, you either have to have a lot of money and what does that mean? A lot of money, you know, everything is relative. And so when somebody says, and I work with families, I work with families 
who are aging, and I do uh, what's called doula giver care consultant planning, um, aging well plans and, and where we can be. And when I talk to and consult families and they say, well, we have plenty of money that, we, you know, our plan, because everyone wants to be in the home as they age, and we, we want to stay at home, we have plenty of money, so we'll bring in somebody to care for us at home. We'll pay for them to just give us care at home. And so when we get down to numbers, you know, they might even have a, a couple of million dollars. But when we price out the amount of 24-7 care, so I use that I use the example that if somebody has to have live-in care seven days a week, 24 hours a day, if you have to have somebody for doing that, and people can live with these disease processes for 10, 15 years with Alzheimer's, dementia, that's a long time. Um, that money can go very quickly. So even though you have a few million dollars and you seem to, you know, and that would, I guess anyone who kind of like looks at that on the periphery would say, sure, that's got to be plenty. You know, it, it may not be. And oftentimes it's not if you're talking about 24-7 care for long periods of time, which is extremely frightening. So there's two categories that people are falling into now. You either have to have a lot of money, meaning multiple, multiple millions of dollars, or you have to be extremely poor that you can qualify for Medicaid. And that means that the nursing home will be paid by Medicaid. So first, your assets will all be taken. So if you have any money in the bank, you have your home, you have any other equity that will all be used to pay for your nursing home care. And then once that runs out, Medicaid will kick in and you will um, have it paid for by Medicaid. But here's the thing. The care that is being given in the nursing home is far beneath the standards that should be out there. And so this is where that number one fear of the elderly going into a nursing home is all over. And if you have been in nursing homes, there are a few that I've heard are, are okay, but most of them, unfortunately, are, are not good. And also people are, um, you know, just vulnerable and in these situations and not being cared for well. And it's really, it's really pretty awful. So we're really looking at these alarming statistics of our elder population to see, again, how we can support them in a much better aging and also end-of-life process. There are 65.7 million informal and family caregivers who provide care to someone who is disabled or aged in the United States. Think about that number. 65.7 million. So informal, meaning that... Um, companion care, doula care would probably fall into that because again, it's not a governed, uh, regulated. You don't need to have um, a bunch of letters in the in the back of your name. However, the doula work is becoming so progressive and on the forefront of what people want because it's a holistic model of care, and there's wonderful education given with it. So. I don't know that I would, again, say it's informal, but this is where, again, the doulas would be part of picking up the slack of that 65.7 million people fitting into the caregiving that they're doing. So it's not a nurse. It's not a doctor. Um, it's, you know, people who care for others. And so that is a huge amount. And again, I'm just talking about the United States, but a lot of um, countries have the same statistics. And this source was by the Family Caregiver Alliance, and this was in two 
2015. Let me talk about some other um, statistics. The activities of daily living, that is also known as an ADL. So these are things that you don't have an option or a choice in doing in your day. These are things that you have to get done like bathing, feeding, dressing, cleaning. Um, These are all things that are required. So 5.8 to 7 million informal caregivers provide care to a person 65 or over who needs assistance with ADLs. And so again, these are things that can't be done um, that, you know, they're, they're not optional. There are things that have to be done. You have to eat, right? And we have to go to the bathroom, correct? So those are things that people need help with. And there's a large amount of people that need the help with that. So for me, the question is why create an elder care doula program? Well, I think I just laid down the fabric work of the large amount of elderly that we have as a population and the fact that we have not nearly the number of people to support the care that is needed to support this population. And it's only going to continue to get worse. So over time, there's just going to be, you know, by 2030, they said there's some outrageous number of people that are going to be over 65. And again, we don't right now have a system that's set up to care for them. And and I don't hear anyone talking about answers and solutions. So let's kind of get that together and let's talk about that tonight on how, first of all, raise awareness to the problem that we have, but also then what can we do to put things into place to help them? So the future of elder care and healthcare, this has You know, it's interesting because we have been working on this and doing it as doula givers for quite some time. But then when, you know, we research and do um, try and look for statistics, yeah, there are people that have put out reports that said we're headed for a real dangerous period of time. But again, I'm not hearing a lot of solutions to it. So in 2014, the National Institutes of Health released a report called Dying in America, in which they discussed the future of end-of-life care. This report declared that there is a need to move towards, number one, person-centered, family-oriented end-of-life care models. And increase, so I kind of, you know, I really kind of want to hone into that phrase there because that really is like holistic caregiving and that's what a doula giver does. An increase in education and higher standards for advanced care planning. Again, you know, aging and end of life sort of catches us by surprise right now because nobody is thinking ahead. I just started out tonight by talking about the really frightening picture that you're in two, you're either in one to two categories for your aging process. You either have millions and millions of dollars. Okay. And we still looked at 24 seven care, how that was, if you're there for 10, 15 years, that could turn into a slippery slope, a dangerous area of running out of money, or you have no money and you can qualify for Medicaid, which unfortunately will get you that nursing home care, which is subpar. I mean, it's just really upsetting to even talk about because most people fall into, unfortunately, the Medicaid, um, even if they have some assets, those are, you know, used up and then they go into, um, the Medicaid, but they're in this nursing home institution, which is again, um, something that needs to be really looked at of what we're really doing there. 
So we want to have an increased education and higher standards for advanced care planning. We need better trained end-of-life care providers. Yes. So we need end-of-life doulas. We need people that are trained holistically in how to care for not only aging, but for people at the end of life as well. We need a revamped policy and payment system designed to support high-quality end-of-life care. Well, that would be fantastic. That's probably one of the last things that's going to be done because our system's really challenged right now and falling apart as is. I can't see, I mean, everything seems to be being taken away lately, so I can't see that we're going to revamp the policies and payment systems at this time for end-of-life and aging care. But what we can do is we can take this out of the system and put some other policies and grassroots efforts and movements in place to create great programs, support systems, and places where people can age and have end-of-life. Many end-of-life care experts are in agreement that over the course of the next decade, there is going to be a necessity to expand alternative care services in order to accommodate the aging baby boomer generation and keep people at home during end-of-life rather than in residential care facilities. Boom, right there. Okay, so everything is right there. So this was in 2014. We're now in 2018. And this is a report, again, from the National Institute of Health. This was called Dying in America. So they really listed everything that we're talking about in elder care doula work, end-of-life doula work. We need person-centered, family-oriented end-of-life care models. We need an increase in education and higher standards for advanced care planning. We need better trained end-of-life care providers, and we need revamped policies and payments. Okay, that I'm not going to hold my breath on. Hopefully we'll get there, but I'm not going to think anytime soon that will happen. Many end-of-life care experts are in agreement that over the course of the next decade, there's going to be necessity to expand alternative care. Alternative care is the holistic care of the doula work in order to accommodate the aging baby boomer generation and keep people at home during the aging and end of life process. And this is exactly what people want. People would like to stay in their home as they age um, that is one of the things if you do polls anywhere and if you ask anyone that you can, where would you like to be as you age? I want to be at home. Where would you like to be at the end of life? I would like to be at home. That's nine out of 10 people will say that. How do we do that though? That's so much easier said than done. If we don't have educated caregivers, if we don't have additional support for family members, this is impossible to achieve. So we really need to, again, have this alternative care, which is the elder care doula. We have so many elders that we need a profession that is high in its education, holistic in its model of care, that is, again, out of the system, um, meaning that if you have a calling to do this compassionate, kind work, you can do this. You can go ahead and make an occupation and do it well. So you're going to get more respect because you're educated much better. And also you have more tools in your toolbox on how to help somebody who's elderly. And also the person is going to be getting much, much better care than they're getting now. Elder care doulas are non-medical professionals trained to care for someone holistically, that's physically, emotionally, and spiritually in the elder phase of life and are going to prove an intricate part of reshaping elder care for the future. 
very exciting what we need to do um, and what we can do. It's frightening where we are at the moment, but there is hope. There is a new day upon us and we are going to make this change. I don't think that we have any choice. We have so many people that need this care. It's being, um, you know, in our face, whether you want to see it or not. And of course we want to see it because we don't want to be again, trailing behind giving good care to people. We want to put things in place now before it really gets any worse. So why create elder care doulas? It's based on the organic need to help work with the elderly and their loved ones sooner rather than later. We talked about the overwhelming statistic that 85% of people 65 and older will need some form of care. The other thing, you know, that we want to point out is that our Elderly were once revered. In our culture today, the elderly are not revered. They are vulnerable and a lost population. How did that happen? Well, how much time do we have? You know, it, it's very interesting to go back and to see where that did fall apart. Um, and really, it kind of came about with in a, in a little bit of a nutshell, it came about with the fact that in the past, our elderly were revered because they had the wisdom. They lived it. They had the stories. Um, they were the Google. Okay. And so you would ask grandpa, grandma, dad, you know, these stories, the wisdom to impart on other people. So Interestingly enough, it used to be where people would lie about their age to make themselves older because the older you were, the more respect you were given. Of course, now we're always trying to dip it down younger, but that was, and it, and you know, this is only in the last 80, 100 years that I'm talking about. And so what happened? Well, what happened is with all of the growth in just so many things, but let's just talk about the way that we, the computer, the way that you can Google anything and get the answer to it. We don't need to ask our elders for the answers anymore. And so we sort of have, again, you know, a combination. It's like the perfect storm, a combination of, you know, us trying to... Uh, always, you know, youth, the, the fountain of youth and the younger, the more vibrant, you know, the more worth you have. Um, so that kind of shuts out our elder population right there. And then again, the one, the one main thing that they had going for them, which was all the answers within them, we don't need that anymore because we have other ways to do that. And so what have we done? We have more or less discarded are elderly and, um, it's, it's not okay. You know, without getting, I don't ever want to seem like I'm being judgmental, but I really do think we have to take a look at what we've done here. Um, especially, you know, don't we realize and hope that we all age well and have support around us? Do you think it's okay that we're not, <laughs> we're not paying attention and putting a little effort into our elders now when we would want that being done for us. So, you know, kind of let's take a, a look at that. So our elderly today, unfortunately, are a very lost population. They're very vulnerable and it's time to bring back the respect and dignity and care to our elder population. I will tell you that I feel like it doesn't take a lot 
to see somebody and to spend a few minutes on just, again, I see you, I hear you. Um, for a few of the elders that I have been privileged to get to know, you know, a phone call a week, a check-in, a visit, you know, a, a, you know, again, a visit, because a lot of the, two of the main things that I find that are a big problem with our elderly beyond safety, because safety is always the main focus, but two other ones that are on the top there are the isolation and the loneliness that elders have and the lack of nutrition that they have, because a lot of people, unfortunately, they're older, they're weak, they, um, and they're, they're on a limited income. A lot of people, well, they, they don't have the ability to necessarily go shopping or maybe the energy to make a meal. And so there was one woman that I was, um, you know, coming to see and, just, you know, I could tell that she was by herself and she mentioned that she was alone. So I often, you know, offered to make a visit and then to bring over some leftovers when I had them. And she would tell me um, to just leave the leftovers, you know, in the kitchen as she was sitting on her chair. And after a few visits, as I was coming in, there was another friend there setting up her tray. Um, it dawned on me that she couldn't even put together the food, but yet she was embarrassed to tell me that. And it, and, and it just broke my heart. And I thought, how, how much are we missing out on understanding what people need? So here I am bringing her food that she couldn't unpack and put on a plate and put in front of her because of her condition. And so really heartbreaking, but we really need to, um, really tune in and get present. And the thing is, it doesn't, it really doesn't take a lot of time to call somebody once a week or to stop by and to bring in a cup of coffee. Um, you know, if one of us each did that with one special person, there'd be a lot of, lot of love that was being, um, brought around. So it's something we really just want to identify. The other thing for me wanting to share with you elder care doula training and why this program was built is that a lot of you know that I am the end of life doula trainer. I have my program doula givers. It has been a wonderful, wonderful global outreach. And again, it's really for people at end of life helping with, you know, from the time somebody gets a terminal diagnosis all the way through to even when they pass to help support their family, to help support them. Well, I, this there was one time years ago that I was called into a hospital here in New York City, um, Sloan Kettering, which is a very famous uh, cancer hospital. And they, they called me up and they said, you know, we're sending home a gentleman. He has cancer. He has cancer all over. And he's go we're going to send him home with his wife. And he really could use an end-of-life doula. Can you come in and talk to them? Absolutely, sure. So I come into the hospital and I remember walking into that hospital room and I'm walking through the room and I see the patient and I say to myself, he's dying, you know, he's, he's dying. And, um, as I'm on that visit and this man was in his early sixties, so, you know, young, relatively speaking young. And I had a really nice visit with him and his wife and I was explaining what end of life doulas do. And they said that, you know, that is so great. We love what you do. We just don't need you yet. And, you know, they said we, you know, he had made a comment on having to go home and exercise and get stronger. And, you know, there is obviously a sense of denial that protects us when we're going through crisis and things. But for me, it was so hard because they didn't have a lot of time. I could see that his process was so far along. 
And I thought, gosh, when they said that to me that we just don't need you yet, I thought you needed me weeks ago. You know, I don't say that out loud. I say that to myself. And so I was in contact with them on the phone um, throughout their journey, you know, trying to be as supportive as I can. And then they finally on Thursday said, yes, we could use you. And he died on Sunday. So that that is not the way that end of life should go. You should really be there supporting people much earlier in the journey. And so what I thought to myself is, my goodness, you know, the end of life was too much for them to digest. And I understand that. So they didn't want an end of life doula. But if I said I had an elder care doula training and could help them with that, they would have taken me home in a, in a minute and I could have put things in place for them and not been a threat to, you know, them having to face an end of life at that second, but yet having all the support and putting things in place way before um, we needed it and have the best end of life journey with that family. So that really was, again, what helped me build the elder care doula training. And, you know, I work with so many people that are not at end of life, but are are older and aging and need support and they need holistic caring. They need mind, body, spirit caring. Um, these are holistic beings. So to develop elder care doula training was really rewarding. And again, I've had personally such a, a wonderful time working with it because I have just fantastic friendships with, with my clients that I get to see on a regular basis and form, you know, a, a really special family bond, um, of trust. And, you know, there's this one woman and she sits in the window of uh, the first floor and she just blows me kisses, you know, every time I'm out there walking my dog and because of the care and the bond that we have, and it's so nice and it's just so it's just human connection and kindness. So I love, I love the care of the elder care doula training. There are elder care doula training is in three different phases. And the first one is building the trust. So for me and the one woman that I'm talking about right now, um, it took a, it took a while for me to be able to be let in, so to speak. She, you know, people are vulnerable. And again, I feel like the elder uh, population has been targeted, which is just unbelievably, I, I can't even wrap my head around that. However, they've been targeted for um, being uh, scammed upon and yes, they're a vulnerable population. So people are very protective. So it took a while for her to, I guess, you know, see me and say hello, and then finally feel comfortable enough to, you know, talk to me and then want to do a visit. And yeah, and now, you know, <laughs> we have a great friendship and relationship. But remember that the elderly are guarded, and rightly so, I can understand, you know, you hear these terrible things that happen, um, which is just really unbelievable, but this is the truth. The other thing is that, you know, you hear about elder abuse. So you have to really just be mindful of just with every relationship, how important it is to build trust with someone. That's the foundation of all of your relationships. So how do you do that with somebody? You know, for, for me, it was being consistent and, and letting her dictate the speed of our relationship, you know, if she, if how much she wanted to talk, um, if she wanted to have a visit, how long the visit, like all those little things. But I feel like just being consistent and, um, 
you know, showing up and just being kind and making some kind gestures really help to establish a trusting relationship. So the first phase of what you're going to be learning in, in elder, elder care doula training is how you build that trust with your client and ways to do that. Find out what matters most to that individual. So this is when you're going to be developing a care plan. You're going to be doing assessments. You're going to be finding out where they're starting in their process of aging um, on many different levels. So physically, emotionally, spiritually, you're going to be doing an assessment scale, and then you're going to be making care plans based on that initial assessment. But this is going to be individually planned. So you want to get to know your friend, your client, and see you know, what brings them joy and what had brought them joy in life. Because a lot of times I'll come in to do the work and at this point they're not able to continue with activities that they had done in the past that had brought them a lot of joy for whatever reason. Maybe they physically can't get to a place because they don't drive anymore. Um, you know, maybe they do have uh, limitations on uh, seeing, on walking. So again, this form of assistance, you being able to come into the picture now and maybe plan outings or things that might have brought them pleasure, but now you need to do these together. You know, we get creative. We find out what's important to the person. And, you know, sometimes we don't have to do something, the exact carbon copy of what they used to do. But again, if somebody used to like to go to, let's just say, hear classical music, um, you know, sometimes there's ways that we can do that on video or we can find ways to modify that activity and bring it into the environment that we're living in now. So we, we do have to get creative, but first and foremost, you have to find what is important to the person you're working with. And I'll tell you the beyond safety, the two things that are really important are the socialization or the lack thereof and the ability for foods and fluid. Now, I just showed you the example of my friend who I was bringing her food and she wasn't able, but she wasn't telling me she wasn't able. And I actually didn't ask her. I didn't want to push too much. And I also, you know, I also was kind of watching and trying to see for myself what I could decipher and pick up, not to embarrass anyone. Um, she was not able to set up that food for herself. So what she was doing was waiting for someone to come that she was, you know, more comfortable with, I guess, at the time and having them set, heat up the food and set it up for her. But, you know, what happens if there wasn't anyone coming into that household? So again, isolation, food and nutrition, and then really, really layering this into finding activities and joy and what gives meaning to that person and what we can implement into a care plan um, for that second phase. And then, of course, we create that action plan. So now's, you know, where we do a schedule depends on how many times a week you're going to be meeting with that person, um, what they like to do, and also what's available in your area. You know, it depends on where we live to be able to access different things. Thank goodness technology, you know, technology is a double-edged sword. You know, in one sense, it's something that is really unfortunate because we're all getting just so used to not, you know, not going out and, and going places because we're all connected on social media and on the internet. And that's a terrible thing. And 
the, but the positive thing is, is that you really can access things from anywhere around the world. You know, I can type in and access um, talking to the Zimbabwean hospice, writing them an email that will go to their office that is completely in a different place in the world and amazing that within a day they send me back an email and tell me how they're doing. And that to me is really fantastic. So there are things that you can access um, and you can actually share with a client who's elderly. This is all new to them. You know, they don't, a lot of them don't know how to access a lot of the computer things, but you can for them and you can show them, you know, YouTube videos and different things from, um, that are interesting to them and bring that into a care plan, which can be quite fun. Now, again, depending on where you live, there are usually a lot of different senior activities and things that you can do. And I actually take my girls out on excursions or luncheons or drives through the country, you know, depending on where we are, because that's what they like to do. And it's a really, really big thing for them. You know, the one that I go out with, she talks to absolutely everyone as we're out. And because that's her, she's starving for socialization. So she'll talk with the waitresses and people she meets on the street and anyone and everyone. And it's just beautiful to see her come alive. So we really want to be mindful of that. Very, very sweet. So we assist the client to complete their also their advanced directives. And this is just something that is a huge initiative of my work. Um, and it's just advocacy work. You know, one of the greatest gifts that we can give to ourselves and our loved ones is doing an advanced directive plan and also aging well in place plan. And this is something that we have to discuss with our client our family, because we don't want to be surprised. We don't want to be surprised when mom can't, you know, go up the stairs anymore in the bedroom and the bathroom are on the top floor. And no one's discussed if there's a possibility that she can go live with anyone else or what the options are. We're just, we're not having those conversations now. And we have to, because we know inevitably that people will age and they will usually have some sort form of limitation as they age. And so we want to have what I usually say is a plan A, B, and C in place. And I will teach you as an elder care doula how to have those conversations and how to put those plans in place. The training format, if you'd like to, to continue on with an elder care doula training, is we have self-paced online modules. They consist of videos, audio recordings, assessments, and actual pacing, patient case studies. There is continuous support that's always available. You're always brought into when you take any training into continuous support and also a global network of doula givers, which is great. Elder care doula training is for self-paced online modules. There's usually more that's going to be attached to that, but we're going to just say for right now that there's the core is for the advanced directive educational series. Yes. So that's where it adds up into um, a lot more lifetime access to all the classrooms. You always have access to your classrooms. You get a national resource list for um, things that you can suggest to your clients as far as you know, what's available for senior assistance. And sometimes navigating through the system is really difficult and complicated. So we'd like to have as many of those support systems available on a list for you and the elder care doula forum. 
If you would like to register for the Elder Care Doula class, you go to doulagivers.com. So that's www.doulagivers.com. You click on the homepage, it will say trainings. You select on Elder Care Doula training. Your Elder Care Doula training is available. It is a self-paced, self-study classroom. And then if you do need a payment plan consideration, please do call us at 845-337-0389 or email at doulagivers at gmail.com. We are always happy to help people to achieve any of the education that's needed. If you have any questions, I'm going to open up the question box right now. If you have any questions that you'd like me to address live, I will be happy to do that before we finish tonight's course. Um, and so I just want to see if there's anything else that I'd like to add into um, to this that's really important. I just really want you to walk away tonight with the understanding that we are in the midst of an elder care crisis. We don't have the support for our elders at this time, nor if you are um, abreast of what's happening in the current medical system and what's happening with policy and procedure. I don't see anything. I see more things being taken away than added at this point. So what we need to do is create an outside way of supporting. We need to raise awareness that we have not been caring for the elders the best way that we can. We need to create um, these other professions, these under other areas of industry that we can highly educate people to care for elder population. And again, the goal is that people would like to stay at home. So we'd like to have these end-of-life doulas, elder care doulas, have the training and assist people to be at home. Or even the dream is to have the, you know, the doula house, which would be a place where people can come live family style and age in a holistic house, care for one another like a family. And we will have doulas caring for them there. And I think that that's really um, probably all that I want to really focus on tonight, just that we definitely want to see how we can support not only the elders, but the families that are caring for the elders. I get emails from people that are just so lost. How do I help my mom? Or people that are caring for people with Alzheimer's and dementia 24-7. And that care is so intense. Um, it's not for one person to do solely. They, it's, it's not fair. It's too much for them. So we want to have um, other professionals and other people that can come in and help to at least give respite care. So again, for any of the trainings, please visit doulagivers.com. And if you have any questions regarding any of the trainings, email us at doulagivers at gmail.com or call 845-337-0389. Thank you everyone for, sh for showing up tonight and joining in this movement. I appreciate your time and have a great week. This episode of Ask a Death Doula has been brought to you by Doula Givers, the new specialized area of non-medical health care, featuring end-of-life doula training, elder care doula training, and doula giver care consultant training. Also brought to you by the International Doula Givers Foundation, bringing free education, supplies, and training to communities worldwide in the hopes that everyone everywhere can have the best end-of-life experience possible.
Ask a Death Doula has been brought to you by Doula Givers, the new non-medical area of healthcare and the International Doula Givers Foundation, bringing free education, supplies, and training programs to communities worldwide in the hopes to have everyone have a better end-of-life experience everywhere.